chapter 1. And when you have it, say amen. Now, one of the reasons why I want to preach on Revelations is because this is what God gave me during this period of my life. And, uh, and I also am, am encouraged to share with others the things that God gives us. And so I want to share with you the things that the Lord gave me. Because we as Christians, we live a good life. It's a good life. Especially like, you know, you, you have to remember, I was a man that didn't know what it was to serve the Lord. On Sundays, I was loaded. Before I met my wife, I was loaded for 20 years. I come from that lifestyle of being high every day. And so I remember seeing Christians going to church, but I didn't know they were Christians. I just saw them. They were clean-cut U.S. American. And I knew that I couldn't do that because it wasn't for me. I was no good. I was a young man that had gone to prison young, and, and, and the life that I chose, everything I did was against the law. But I didn't realize it, that so many years later that God was going to raise up a ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ for his, to give him honor and glory <coughs> for a special people, a people that, that were not a people, for a people that, that had no hope, that, that all hope had been given up. <coughs> and that not only were they going to be able to come to church and to, and to come and be saved from themselves, come in and get touched and get healed and get delivered, but that God was going to have a, a divine call, something special for us to do for his honor and his glory. And so I didn't know that. And so that's why I'm grateful today to be here in front of you. <coughs> because my work is to encourage you. And to let you know that the miraculous is going to take place. And that it has been taking place since this ministry started. But he's going to do something special in your life today of what you needed. Whether it's encouragement. Whether it's healing. Whether it's a young person hearing something special that God has for you. And so I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Revelation. And let me just read a scripture here as I, as I start. In verse 7, chapter 1, verse 7, it says, Behold, he is coming. <coughs> with clouds and every eye will see him and they also who perceived him excuse me and also who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him even so amen verse 8 I am the alpha and the omega 
the beginning and the end, saith the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Father, I thank you. I ask you that, uh, I've asked you already that you would move in a very special way. For I'm careful to ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the main reason why I want to brag about Jesus is because I don't, wanna, I don't want you to think that it's like what you see me doing or that, 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 that you will want to stay close to a man of God, a good man of God, and you're going to think that if you're close to him, you'll be all right. Because this ministry was founded on the Lord Jesus Christ. Our founder turned me on to Jesus because Jesus reached him. And re Jesus did the miraculous works in his life. And, and it's Jesus who we have to depend on. It's Jesus who called us. It's Jesus who permitted us to be born. And it's Jesus who has given us a high calling and that loves us and, 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 and wooed us in by his Holy Spirit so that our families would be able to come in next, so that our children would be saved and our grandchildren would be saved. In verse 1, it says the revelation of Jesus Christ, the, uh, the unveiling, the mysteries. God wanted John who was a disciple of the Lord Jesus. He wanted to give him the revelation of Jesus Christ. All of this book speaks about the Lord and what's going to happen. And so when you read this book, you're going to be happy because Christians are going to go to heaven. But we have to work hard on our way up there to be saved and to help people. And so this is the story of of an apostle who was first, uh, he wasn't saved, and he got reached by the Lord's love, and he became very close to his Jesus. Jesus left all his disciples, but he's called John the Beloved, and he wrote four books. And those books that he wrote were John First, second, and third John and Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. So what we see here is that this mystery, God wanted to reveal the mystery, the revelation of Jesus Christ to John so he could write about it, which God gave him to show his servants. We are his servants. God wants to show us these revelations. I'm only going to speak about a few of chapter 1. And he continues to say, and he sent, God sent this revelation, and he signified it. by He sent it by his angel to his servant John. So all of a sudden here you see an angel's involved. Isn't it beautiful to know that there's angels? Angels are involved in, in our lives and in our church. Now, John, this is what he did, who bore witness 
of the word of God. Now, what he did as a disciple, he learned to bear witness of God's word. What does that mean? It means that Christians are to bear witness. That means they're, they're to witness about the word of God. That means that us as Christians, John, who is busted in an island for bearing witness, for preaching, for bragging, for talking about the word of God, the words of God, these, the scriptures come from, the, from God, and they're given on to holy men of God, and the holy men of God wrote the words that God had for them to write so that we could hear those words because those words were designed to reveal to us Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Those words were written so, to inspire you and I, to give us revelation, to give us motivation, inspiration, to give us great encouragement that the end had not come, that what we had, that we had, there was hope beside what we were living. Those words were written and they would prevail. That means that they would do what God designed for those scriptures that came to our ears that were released unto us by the Holy Ghost that those scriptures were going to perform what God wanted them to do if we allowed it. And see, and that's why we're here as a grateful people because we wouldn't have ever made it without the power of the Holy Ghost. We wouldn't have become the people that we are. That's why we're grateful. That's why we're humble. We're humble because we know that if we, if we, if we, I was a type of man that I knew how to develop jobs for people. I was a type of man that could follow up on records and find somebody by going to where they lived like a detective. I knew how to follow up on people because I worked for a drug program. I knew how to counsel people. I knew how to go loaded to court in front of the judge, loaded on the best grass that you could think of, visine down, uh, drank a couple of Budweiser's, and put some Bianca so that the judge wouldn't see my eyes red. And I was there to represent my client before the courts of, 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 the, of the United States in California. And so I learned how to represent people. In other words, I knew how to talk to the judges. I knew how to talk to the social workers. I learned to talk to probation officers, parole officers in behalf of helping people so that they wouldn't have to go to prison, so that they wouldn't have to uh, be lost. So when I came to Jesus, he said, forget about it and learn of me. I knew what he meant. I dropped it. So that's why you see me humble, kind of slow. You know, I can still move a little bit. I still got a little bit of a kick. Because I had to learn to be humble. So what I did is I learned one kick of the karate kid. 
And that's all I know. I don't know karate. Are you with me? He bore witness to the word of God. You and I, we have to learn to give that word out. See, and that's why uh, he learned his, his Jesus taught him the word of God every day for three and a half years. So for three and a half years, he was with Jesus, and he saw Jesus talking scriptures that he had learned of the Bible, of the word of God that was written. Jesus memorized the scripture. So he hung around with him, and, and Jesus would preach the word. So he learned the power of the word. You and I are witnesses of the power of the word. We have seen what the word has done to our lives. If it wasn't for that word, I wouldn't have came in. You know what made me, uh, uh, helped me to decide? When I went to that drug program, there was about 10 guys and girls from Victory Outreach, as Sister Josie knows them. Notorious guys and girls from our culture, from the rich and famous. Those whose pictures are at the post office and the most wanted. And they were zapped and touched. And they would brag about their Jesus, that Jesus was the answer. And they would brag about their pastor, Sonny and Julie. That's how I learned about Pastor Sonny. And they bragged about their church. That time was Victory Temple. They bragged about those things. And so that's what helped me. What were they doing? They were, they were giving John 3.15, for God so loved the world. They were giving a 1039 of Acts, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. They were giving a Joel 2.28. They were giving a, a Matthew 11.28. Come unto me, all you that are labor and heavy laden. See, so they were sending the word out. And so you and I are recipients of not only the word coming to our life, but look at what else. It says that he, was also, he also bore witness to the testimony of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? That means that he bragged about what he saw Jesus do. He said that he was witness that he, he saw the Lord Jesus Christ get up. And the Lord Jesus Christ would go to the Father. And he would go to the Father in the, in the, in the seashore. And he saw him go before the Father to talk and, and to keep this communication that he had with his father so that he could have direction. He saw him in the desert. He saw him in the mountaintop talking to his father. And the father was showing him a life example. He was modeling to them how to have a relationship with God the Father. Many of you that are here, you must remember to model to those that are coming in a live model, living out Christianity in your everyday life, starting from modeling and reading the Bible and praying with somebody, taking them out to fellowship, to have friendship, to have a follow-up, to do evangelism, to do works. It must be modeled. If we, he must be shown. You got to keep passing it on. See? Because if not, it'll stop. 
at a generation that'll think that we don't have to talk to people. That as long as we talk to people in church, we're all right. That's part of it. But people don't come in if we just talk to them in church. We have to talk to them where they live. But look at what else. It says that not only the testimony of Jesus Christ, but he was a witness to all the things that he saw. One of the great things that I saw about Pastor Steve is that uh, he could spot a heroin addict. I've been with him a few times in Carpinteria. There ain't no addicts, I thought. We pulled over to get gas, and these guys were strung out. And he was talking to them. And I saw what I saw his zeal to make his calling. He had a zeal to make a calling that, that he got married and he went to Bible school and he did whatever he had to do to come into the office and then reach out to people. So the fruit of, uh, of the ministry of Jesus Christ is the root of this ministry. This ministry was born in, in, in after the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, talking to people and helping hurting people, laying hands on the sick and seeing the sick recover in the community, not only in the church. This ministry was raised up by people speaking into blind eyes and blind eyes opening. People imagining people through ears to open up so that they can hear. People having in their hearts that somebody paralyzed would be able to get up and walk. Individuals who learned to use their faith and send it all over the world began to send their faith into cells, into Pelican Bay, into the, uh, into the isolation, into the shoe places. And they began to send holy scriptures into those places and got began to touch people and families all over the world because they couldn't get there in person, but they learned to move in the spirit. That's what you have. A courageous people from Hayward. Don't mess with the Koto. I'm just kidding. Let's just get the people excited. Hayward, you gotta reach your homeboys. Okay? The cribs, you gotta reach the cribs. You gotta watch, reach a white supremacist. I won't feel good if I don't see some skinheads and some hell's angels in here or some motorcycles parked outside. But look at he all he 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 was a witness to all the things that he saw. Look at all the things that, that you and I have seen. See, what, what have you seen? And have you told anybody? What holds you back from telling somebody? That's a Christian life. I'm constantly battling this. Ray Torres, Pastor Steve Pineda, and Pastor Sonny, those men had it. I don't know how they had it to talk to people. I always have to work on it. It's not automatic to care for people. I'm constantly having to work, but those men, they loved it every day. They didn't need
need to pump themselves up or anything. They had it and they wanted somebody to whoever they bumped in to know that Jesus Christ was Lord and that he was able to do those things. I have to do it intentionally, but I don't mind it because that's the reason why God calls us to be Christians. Because a Christian lives like Jesus, and Jesus was out there to reach people for his Father, God, because he was building the kingdom of God. He wanted people to be saved. He wanted people to know God. And so he was on an assignment, and he had to destroy the works of the devil. And as he destroyed the works of the devil, the devil had to let go of people who were uh, getting high in those days on alcohol, on the whoremongering generation, and all the wickedness and evilness and religiousity. God came against those things so that people would get to know the, a relational God. Somebody that you can have a relationship with. These people are so hungry. Stevan, they're hungry. He's hearing me. He's in Africa. Um, Chela, tell him they're hungry. Chela's a good girl. And he, he, uh, he's, he scored with a good girl. You know how heavy she was with Jesus? She had a picture of Jesus. And I think Gabriel said that she... She put the picture right next to her. Is that true, Shayla? <laughs> My boy was with her in the UTC. That's how much she loved Jesus. That God brought her into a Jesus family. See? We're directly involved with the, with the founders of this ministry. This ministry comes from the mother church. See? You come from the Mera, Buddha. See? That means you can't get any more pure on, on the rock. See? It hasn't been cut. We have the, we're on the rock of Jesus Christ. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keeps those things which are written in it for the time is near. The times are near. It's dangerous. It's getting evil. But he says, blessed are those who read their Bibles. Blessed are not only those who go out of the way to read their Bibles for break time, lunch time, or in the morning or at night or in between, or, 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 or hear their Bible off of their, their, their iPhone, or, 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 or make it a, a, a job to make sure they're hearing the word of God. We have to hear the word of God because that's, that word of God has to go in here. Because if we, go, if we bring it in here, we're going to think about it. And as we think about it, and all of a sudden, it'll fall into our heart when we start practicing. When we start asking God, my intentions are, I want to be more like you. I want to be different. I don't want to stay the same. I don't want to be this way. I don't want to be that way. I want to be kinder. I want to be courageous. I don't want to be pushed around. I want to make it to the end. I want to be an example to my family. Arlene is an example to her family. She has over 60 cousins that have come in and their kids. Her, her, her grandfather's relative was the first warden of San Quentin. 
So many generations later, his name was Aguirre. His uncle, her uncles, her cousin, and her brother were in San Quentin. Imagine, he started out with a warden of San Quentin so many generations later, and her brother was assassinated in San Quentin. So she comes from roots, and Jesus blessed her because that represents our family. What are the roots of your family? Are you thankful that you have been selected to be able to reach your loved ones, to be able to represent them as a leader of the family in the gospel of the Lord? Now, look at this, John. He says, he sends his greetings in verse 4. He says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, those were churches that were there in Asia. He sends uh, greetings. He says, grace, something very important. Grace to you. You and I are a church. And peace from him. Grace and peace are very important. We cannot make it without the grace of God, without the unmerited favor of the Lord. It's only the grace of God. How somebody like myself was able to come in and make a decision because of the help of Christians from Victory Outreach and the Holy Ghost showing me to give up my will. And that when I made the decision to give up my will, all hell broke loose and the miraculous took place. The supernatural, the word of God began to perform the things that Jesus did, setting me free, breaking yokes of bondage that had me bound for 20 years, touching my heart, touching my life, giving me a desire to be a better husband, to help my pastors. See? Only the Lord could do that. And not only to do it in Khalifas, but to be able to go to all over the world. I've been to different places all over the world. Africa belongs to you. I want you to know that. God sent Pastor Steve with probably $50 in his pocket and a few phone numbers. He didn't care. He, he knew how to sleep in the bus station. Till he met somebody. Why would he, why would somebody go over there to South Africa? There was no there was no movement of God. The first thing he told me when he came back, he said, Mondo, there are color. The people of South Africa, there are color. He said, Mondo, they were open. They're felonious people, they're violent people. In the Pinta I went to prison. They loved the, the, the preaching of Jesus Christ. And so after that, when it was the time for him to go to heaven, sad for Josie, sad for us, all of a sudden, the Lord took it to the next level. See? So Africa, South Africa, there's revival. It belongs to you. Make plans throughout your vacation to go out there and see what Jesus is doing, what he started through the elder Steve Pineda de Santa Paula that became a mighty soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go see your inheritance. Your spiritual inheritance is not just in Mexico. It's not just in El Salvador 
or over there in Ireland, those of you that are Germans, some of you have African blood. Get over there to Africa. And all of us have a spiritual inheritance in South Africa and Cape Town, Africa, and Johannesburg, and pretty soon it's going to be in different places. And I want you to know that when Stevie, I mean, when uh, uh, Stephen wants to train you, Further, he's going to send you over there to get training with your wife and your kids. So get ready to move out because God's going to use you. You came in to a dangerous ministry that makes the devil shake because we're not a people that allow ourselves to be pushed around. We're a people that we know who triumphs for us at the cross at Calvary. And because he triumphed for us, he, we have a heritage. We have a life. We're going somewhere. My little guy right here, you're going to be somebody special. Yeah. Look at me. Stand up. This little guy is going to be somebody special. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of you that know the Bible and read, young people, get a hold of him, okay? He's going to be somebody special in the Lord. There's others, but uh, I got to keep moving over here. You'll know it because you'll say, I wish he would have told me that. You're the one. See? When you say, I wish he would have told me that, that was God's word to you. You're going to be special. Steve Pineda was special. He wasn't an ordinary uh, 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 man. He was a supernatural being. And look at, look at how beautiful you, I'm proud of you. You held the fort through his wife. Sister Josie, when she took the reins, to take it, to keep it going, and to take it further until their son was trained. And, his, and God gave him a good wife. He gave him four kids. We just need one more for a basketball team. <laughs> we have enough for handball, but we need another, another nine to play baseball. And maybe two more for football. See? And so the same thing is going to take place with you. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. That speaks about the Lord. It speaks about Jesus Christ. He says, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Now, because, because it's being taped, you'll be able to find more about the seven spirits in, in Revelations 3.1. Revelations 4, 5, Revelations 5, 6 speaks about what they possess. But 11, 2 of Isaiah, this is what they are. They were given to Jesus Christ by God to help him grow up as a little baby, as a little boy, as a teenager, to prepare him for life. And it helped him do his ministry. The first one was God sent the Spirit. He, he laid the Spirit, his Holy Spirit, upon Jesus. And the Holy Spirit gave the other six. 
which is the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of, of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of understanding, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And each one of those is available to us as Christians because they will help you learn who you are, who your neighbor is, who your wife is. They will help you learn how God thinks about us, what God wants done. You'll be able to learn the knowledge, the understanding, and the wisdom, and the counsel of God. It will teach you and I how to fear God, how to have an awesome respect for God so that we will never leave him, so that we will never backslide. And then there is the power of might to break yokes of bondage. So He's saying to us, grace to you, peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come, and from the spirits who are before the throne. And then he says, and from Jesus Christ. He says, the faithful witness. He was a faithful witness, uh, uh, that witness about God, the kingdom of God. He says, the firstborn from the dead. In other words, he's the one that came from the dead. Death could not hold him. He came alive. He says he's the firstborn from the dead. There was nobody ever, nobody ever rose from the dead unless Jesus raised him from the dead. Unless God picked him up from the dead. There was two men. But Jesus is the one that went to hell. And he was born from the dead. He says he's a ruler over the kings of the earth. He's a ruler. He's a boss. Let me tell you this. He calls the shots in our life. You got that? Sonny, our Gonzoni singer, is going to send you where he needs you. The pastors of the Victor Outreach churches are going to train you with their leadership. They're going to get you trained. So that when God says, cut me loose a couple, give me a musician, give me somebody with administration qualities, and the word goes out, and the pastors have been training you, and Pastor Sonny Senior says, I need them over here. That's the type of ministry that you're in. Get ready. That's the way it's going to be. God calls the shots in your life. Senior is going to use you where he needs you. The pastors are going to train you for the glory of God along with their leadership, the church, and all the UTCs and school of ministry. That's all so that you will become the best wherever you go. It looks like a lot of people didn't like that. Chela, tell Pastor Stephen. They were, they were bummed out. I don't even know him. He's not calling the shots in your life. God is. Seeing you're going to use you. Why? This is a movement of God. We're involved in a mighty movement all over the world. This is God's movement. We're specially chosen because of the lifestyles that we came from and our families that suffered with us. We were especially chosen to be able to reach other people like ourselves. Are you with me? 
He says, to him, Jesus, the ruler over the kings of the earth, excuse me, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. There's a reason why I'm bringing this out. I want you and I to love Jesus more than everything. Because there's a lot of things trying to get in the way. Our church activities, our jobs, uh, exercise, health, uh, 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 having fun, taking care of our kids, going to school to see how they're doing, all good things. Good things, shopping, going to the mall, going to the show, education, having your nails done, getting your hair cut. All of those good things that we do in life, they're good things, but they want to crowd Jesus out of our life. They want to get in there so that we don't learn about our Jesus. The only way we learn about him is like what you hear right now and you go home throughout the week and you read these scriptures. And you read books that talk about this revelation and you look to see what did God say to me today? What is God telling you today? Verse 6, and he, Jesus, has made us kings, priests, to his God and Father. You and I are kings and priests. To him be all honor, all glory, all respect, and dominion forever. His place of rule, his sovereignty, where he has control forever. You and I are able to walk in the dominion of God, where he has rule. We as a people, we are, to, we are to take this dominion wherever we live, wherever we go. The kingdom of God is inside of us. And you saw, I read verse 7. Behold, he said he's coming with the clouds and every eye shall see him. And they also pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now look at the revelation of Jesus, verse 9. He says, I, John, both your brother. He was our brother. See, my, my timer just went off. Isn't that nice? See? Well, I'm going to be stopping shortly. I like this Cadillac. That's a Mercedes. He said, I, John, both your brother and your companion. See? He's our brother and he's our companion. Why am I saying that? I want you to realize that we are brothers and sisters. We are brothers and sisters. We're family. We are companions in love. We are companions in the tribulation and in the kingdom and the patience of Jesus Christ. So you and I are brothers and sisters, and we're companions. A companion is somebody that makes a decision to go along with you. Along in what? In the narrow way. We are brothers and sisters. We know what it is to go through things. And we're to have 
a compassion. We're to, we're to have a passion. We're to care about each other. We're, we're not just coming in and you're filling up a chair. No, we are brothers and sisters. We belong to the family of God. Jesus Christ is our Lord. We are going to go through things in tribulation. How do you think Joseph felt when God called Pastor Steve, the elder, so young? And he had to leave her so young. How do you think she felt? Her whole world ended until she saw that she still had a king. That she still had a God that was going to walk her through the most painful part of one's life is when you lose a son, a daughter. The whole church should have been mourning. The whole church had the responsibility to care for the widow because we're brothers and sisters. We, we are to bring gifts to one another. We are to be there for one another. We are to visit. It's a learning process. It's something we have to learn because most of us are like cada chango pa su mecate. What that means, every monkey for its tree. And so in Christianity, it cannot be that way. That's the reality when we come in. Yes, we're used to taking care of ourselves, our own bones. Where you, you're, you used to be selfish. But because we're brothers and sisters striving to be like our Savior, we're learning to care. We're learning to be team people. We're learning to care about each other. We're learning to work to let people in. And he says that. That's the reason, verse 9, that he was on the island that is called Patmos. In other words, he was busted. I know what it is to be busted. Ten years in and out. It breaks your heart every time you, you come in to be in an isolation cell. I know what it is to be in an isolation cell. I know what it is to get a visit, and I'm glad I didn't get a visit. I am glad I didn't have a girlfriend. Oh, I'm so glad that my family didn't come and see me, hardly, because then I could do time by, my, by me, myself, and I. I didn't have to worry. And... That's him. He's there by himself. He's old. The Lord wanted him to be there. They got tired of him witnessing. And so the authorities put him in prison and they put him in this island. And the Lord said, okay, now we can get busy. We're going to write five books. Four books, excuse me. We're going to write an important one. John, write this what the angel says, and he began to write chapter after chapter in that island. See, you and I are in an island by ourselves with the Lord. But we are part of the body of Christ. That means that there's going to be times that you have to be close to God by yourself. You've got to let him minister to you, talk to you and I when you're going through the trials of life. When those situations that you and I don't understand, that we have to look up scripture and study scripture and ask God and cry before the Lord and tell him, please reveal to me the reason why I'm going through this. Is there a reason? You are God. I am your child. Show me. See? And those are the times that God will reveal. 
and he, and he revealed it to him, and so he wrote revelations for us. For all the people of the seven churches and everybody from that time to the present until Pastor Sonny and Julie heard about it, and they did exactly the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. They went exactly where Jesus told them to go, to a, a type of Dakota neighborhood that had reputation of hardcore users and gang members. And they were ordered by God to go in there with those junkies and begin to proclaim Jesus Christ and bring in people to their house that when those addicts were, were tired and wanted to take a chance to see if Jesus could touch them, they were ordered to start a rehabilitation home in their houses. And that's why up to these 40 years or so, is that that's why we care about the rehabilitation will continue. Greg, you make sure that those guys are taken care of firmly but with understanding, with love, and keep them in that word. And yes, let them work, but let them work more on the streets. Let, show them how to go out to places and to reach hurting people. Now let me get ready to land. Are you with me, church? He says that he was in that island called Patmos. And you know what? For the word of God. He was busted. For bragging about the word of God. What he knew. Imagine he's in jail. He's in Pelican Bay. For preaching the word of God. And for testifying about Jesus Christ. How many of you testify? See? How many of you are scaredy cats? I'm a scaredy cat. That's why I have to intentionally do it. I don't know why I get scared. It's like I think that the people aren't going to want to know about Jesus. I can't butter it up because the disciples talked about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They didn't say, oh, Jesus loves you. No, they talked about that. They were eyewitness to the Lord Jesus Christ who came from the seed of Abraham, of David. And that they were eyewitnesses of him who was talked about in the scriptures, who came and gave his life for us and who rose from the dead on the third day. And that they seen him for 40, 50 days. And that when he rose up, dead people rose up with him. And that he gave them the great commission, go out and make disciples of all nations. For soon he is at the right hand of the Father and soon he will you have to find out why do I witness? Do you do you you brag? You and I have something to brag about. Do you talk to people? Are you courageous? If you're not, just ask God to help you. That's what I do. I said, Lord, make me courageous. And then this is what he says. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, Sunday, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. He said he was in the spirit. That means this. You and I must be in the spirit. See? 
Yes, we're in the world. We have a body of flesh, but we have to learn to be in the spirit. The relationship we have with Jesus is in the spirit. With God, he is the spirit. So we have to learn how to bring our spirit before the Holy Ghost. We have to learn how to put our spirit under the Holy Spirit and to be guided by the Holy Spirit so he can wash our spirit. So he can heal our spirit if it's been damaged. So that the spirit learns to be sensitive when the presence of God comes. So that we will be broken in the spirit. So that, that when the spirit of God comes and, and touches us for somebody that we're able to break. We're not ashamed to cry. That we will know that we're not living this life by the flesh. We are in the flesh, but we're in this life. And we must guide our life by the Holy Ghost. Because it's by the Spirit of God that things are going to be done. And as you stand, in verse 11, he says he heard a loud voice as of a trumpet. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book. And send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. And it gives all the names of the seven churches. And then he says, just practically the same thing that Daniel said. In verse 12 he says, then I turned, the apostle John says, I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. We have to learn to hear the voice of God. I ask God, I'm steadily asking God, guide me, Lord, for the people of Hayward. And then he, this is what he says. He says, I want them to be sensitive to the ministry of Jesus. I want them to know that we're still back 2,000 years ago in the spirit of the Lord that it's about Jesus. Even we live in, though we live in modern times and even though we're doing great things in our jobs for the Lord, he says, I don't want them to forget that, that it's about prayer, that it's being in the word and, and, and that it's bragging about Jesus to people in their everyday life. And so he says this, that, that as he turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. In the midst of the seven lampstands, he says, one like the Son of Man, that's Jesus. He was clothed with a garment down to his feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his, <coughs> and his voice as a sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me. 
imagine he was there in the presence of God, but he knew that Jesus laid his right hand. See? He could have said he laid his hand, I don't know which one, but he was in the presence of the Lord, and he knew that he laid his right hand on him. And he said, do not be afraid. Victory outreach. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Forevermore. I have the keys to Hades and to death. Write the things which you have seen, the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. And then he explains to him the seven stars and the seven lampstands. He says the seven stars are the angels, and the seven, the others are the seven churches. Today, I minister to myself all month long because I need the fire of God. I need the closeness of the Lord. I'm 70 years old. I may not be able to move around too much. One day I'm going to have to give up the ghost. When the Lord says, come on, I want you to go home now. I got to be ready. I got to be prepared. Prepared means that I can't be afraid to leave my wife and my kids and you. That I, that, that I cannot be tormented by the thought that I'm no longer going to be alive. I must be already willing because I prepared my life to do the best that I could while I'm here to brag about Jesus, to read his word, to pray, to talk to him, to let him in, let him, let him touch me, let him speak to me, to hear his voice. And so today, Victory Outreach Hayward, as every eye is closed, softer. My good friend right here on the piano. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody here that would say, Brother Mundo, I'm not saved. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I don't want to continue with this heavy burden of being lost. I want Jesus to come into my life. If there's anybody here that says, would you please pray for me? I want to get saved. I want you to come wherever you're at. Come quickly. Okay? Come quickly. I'll wait for you. Somebody says, I want to be saved. Come quickly. Yes. A young person. How nice, huh? Who else? Come on. There's got to be people that will say, man, he did all that for me, for my family. He died for me at the cross. All of this that I said took place at the cross for you and I. If you brought somebody, talk to them and see and tell them, I'll come with you. I brought you because I wanted you to know Jesus. Yes. 
Isn't that nice? That's a way to go, my man. Yes, my young man. Yes, just close your eyes and let God continue. Anyone else that you will say, I need Jesus. I want to be saved. I want him. I need him. Second call. Who wants to come and talk to this Jesus that the Apostle John spoke about? Who wants to come and just commune with him and to apologize, to ask for help, to be a witness of the word, to ask for a hunger to read your Bible. The altars are open. A leader, that's a, an upcoming leader that may say, I want to teach people this. I want to teach them how to witness about the testimony of Jesus Christ. I want to I want to show them how to witness about the word of God. I want them I want to I want to show them how to detect the works of God. There could be couples here that'll say, "Yes, I want that relationship. I want to be a type of Christian that's close to the Lord. I need him more than anything." There's been a lot of distraction in my life with my schedule of life that has come and has not allowed me to know my Lord. Doesn't allow me to have the patience and to be able to be under the scrutiny of God, to be in the presence of the Lord, to be still. I want to learn to be still. I want to hear his voice. If he's my God, and he died for me, and I came and trusted him. I want to know when he speaks. Oh, if that's you, I want you to come. Yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we worship you.